Where it's an adventure, summits the airwaves. This is the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show with Todd Obendorfer. Todd Obendorfer. I am our Brandon Long. Uh, we are your hosts for the greatest arts and adventure podcast in all the land. In studio with us uh, now, I don't know, maybe quite possibly the greatest head brewer in all the land, uh, Jackie Kingwright. Do we go? Do you go by full name or what do you? Jackie uh, King. I thought Jackie like King. at some point in time, I thought I was going to hyphenate it, but yeah. it's like it's really hard to change your last name and why bother, especially like if you're an established professional. So, nope. Yeah. When, when Brandon and I partnered up with the band he collected, he wanted me to take his name, which seemed weird at the time. I never did. Todd Long just sounded better. I, I just never yeah, did. Todd Long. Yeah. I was like, maybe a hyphen it, but I got to keep that long last name. <laughs> Connor has been called Connor King a few times. And I'm like, yes. His yeah. last name is King. Yeah. King is yeah. a powerful it's name. It's a powerful yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. So, uh, Jackie. <laughs> it's, it's our holiday episode. Yes. We're kings. We're all kings. We, we, three, all kings. Kings. we three kings. Oh, my God. <laughs> Head Brewer at Ogden Beer Company and going on your one year anniversary. So we'll talk about that. Also, I have a snow report and Todd has arts news, I'm assuming. I didn't check with them first. So. Did you say snooze or news? Snooze or news? Oh, look at that's focused. It is focused on the beer that you brought in instead of your faces. So, <laughs> oh, no. this one here? Just, yep. Okay, so you snag that one. It, uh, oh, now it's just focused on metal. So I'll have to <laughs> readjust that anyway. Oh, the things we do. The things we do. <clears throat> anyway, Jackie, thanks for coming into the van with us. Or the van, this is a trailer, banding one trailer. Um, we are going to talk about, well, first, first of all, we're drinking some beer that um, probably has your name on it somewhere. I don't know. A Mexican style lager. Do you want to tell us about what we're drinking here today? Yeah. So this is one of our flagship beers over at OBC. Uh, so it's the Cultura Cerveza. Mexican style lager. Um, this one might taste a little different than maybe like your Pacifico or Modelo because it is truly a German style beer that we brewed with North American adjuncts. Um, it's great, crisp, easy drinking, and lagers are the way to go. So now there's something particularly Ogden y that I feel a little taste. It's there's like an essence of Ogden. What is it that I taste in a beer? Like what's a local effect of of where you brew so you definitely in ogden we actually like we do get an ogden flavor to our beer and i mean it's true of any area um so if you're not using water it's water exactly yeah Yeah. um if you're not using like reverse osmosis water so if you're not taking everything out of your water profile and building it back up uh your beer if you brew up here will have that ogden flavor and we love it does can you a little bit just a little bit of dog food in the, in the water in the water if it's done right if it's done, if it's right. done right yeah <laughs> just a hint of a dog food factory oh, um and then maybe if the wind is blowing from the west a hint of the great salt lake those two together make a hell of a beer you know yeah, shrimp and dog food. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can't you can't um replicate that and you have to just do it here. does that explain yeah. why every beer in ogden is has won just every award on the planet you know yeah it's yeah. the dog food <laughs> it's the dog, <laughs> dog food, dog food. <laughs> No, I just, I think like everybody in Utah makes fantastic beer. Um, yeah. We, yeah, we definitely have the greatest snow on earth, which leads to the greatest water on earth. So, so we have to go back yeah. a little bit further. When was the first time you were on one of our shows? Oh man. Do you keep track of that? Do you keep track of that, Brandon? Oh, How I remember a van being involved. There was a van involved. Uh, it was probably like 2016, 2017. And I know at least that... one of the, cause you've been on a few times. Yeah. I know at least one of the times we went paddleboarding because I remember that. Yeah, that was probably 2018. I think the first one was at the old Slackwater by at the Slackwater. river. That sounds right. Um, then I went to uh I went to outdoor retailer, outdoor retailer with you guys. We so had fun there. I, yeah, that I have fun. pictures of that. That was awesome. <laughs> that was a great time. She's got receipts. On I got that receipts. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pictures she'll release if <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, behave behave <laughs> but yeah i think i it's been a, a long great trip with you guys so well it's been fun following your trajectory as well and you're exactly where you said you'd be all those years ago yeah this was kind of always the plan was to be in charge of something <laughs> so. well yeah well talk talk about that so OB, you threw out the acronym obc so ogden beer company for yeah. those who who are unfamiliar but uh you're in charge of, of what over there? Uh, so I'm the head brewer. Um, so I am in charge of everything beer related over there from the menu, the styles, um, kind of even what markets we're trying to push into, um, the vibe with the beers. So it's 
It's great. Um, total control you, over liquid. That's a lot, though. Just you know what I mean. Like, like yeah. that's like okay. So how do you narrow it down? I think you mentioned to me before the show that you had a profile that you liked that you thought would do well. So how, talk about that and how you sort of came up with because you're. I'm thinking just just off the outset is there's so many beers. There's so many things you could do. Yeah. So like, how do you get started? Um, so going, like leaving my prior brewery roosters who I love, love everybody there. Great brewery. Um, and coming over to Ogden beer company, it was kind of always my thing to watch trends and see what the beer industry was doing. Um, and maybe if possible, stay ahead of it if you can, which is, you know, that's really, that's a reach goal, right? Like, well, can that's you be like ahead in of retail. It? Cause you know, they also bought like we bought for uh, in the outdoor industry a year in advance. So how do you stay yeah. ahead of these things? Yeah. So it's know? exactly like, how do you forecast? And it is, it's just watching what other markets are doing. Um, we were kind of talking about this where, um, we're close to the West coast, but we're not on the West coast. The West coast does see a lot of new styles. Um, kind of starting early. There are a ton of breweries out there, East coast too, but the East coast styles are a little different. Um, and they don't, they gain popularity out here in Utah quite a bit later than anything on the West Coast. So really it's like, it's watching what they're doing, watching what people are drinking. Um, and we, like, we kind of saw a, a change in the lineup of beers. People started buying large packs. So, you know, the 12 packs, six packs oh. weren't that popular. People wanted mixed packs or they wanted like suitcases of beers. Mm -hmm. um, if you want a suitcase of you beer. You can't have enough beer. You need no, you need all the yeah, beer. You, you need a suitcase. <laughs> uh, so like 18 packs. That's, right, right. Yeah. yeah. For those that don't Does know. It say beer on the side? <laughs> done. Yeah. Done. Okay. Suitcase of beer. Um, but that like what that tells you, again, like in forecasting and like planning out what next season looks like is people want drinkable beers. People want beers that they aren't just going to be like a one and done. They're looking for repetition. and in that, you have to think stylistically, this is something that is easy drinking. Um, so, so that contrasts from, would you say, the the heavy IPA phase and the slat, and then, which moved into the sort of the hazy yeah. uh, phase there. And when did that phase phase out? Uh, I definitely think uh, COVID had a lot to do with everything. You know, your, your crazy high points, your price point on, you know, an 8% triple dry hopped 16 ounce hazy IPA is pretty high. So like if you're if you're worried about your spending, um, if you're worried about consumption, uh, people have started to kind of go down to like less expensive 5% beers. And what's a less expensive 5% beer that's great to make? Lagers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so we're definitely lager focused over there. Um, also as a brewer, you can't hide anything in a lager. Um, you can get away with some like technical mistakes, maybe like not great water quality here and there with like a heavily fruited, triple dry hopped sour IPA. You can hide a bunch of stuff in there because it has a bunch in it. Um, lagers at their core are super simple. Uh, any mistakes that you make, if you're rushing that beer, anything that you do to that beer is going to come through in the final product. So, so it's been really cool to to be lager focused and lager heavy and just kind of show people what Ogden or what Ogden beer is and also what Utah beer is. So the lineup right now that you're brewing at OBC is what? Um, so right now we're just doing all 5%. That will change in 2024. We'll release our first high point. Um, it's tentatively scheduled to be released in February. So that'll be fun. Um, but we have five core beers. Uh, we have a tangerine wheat, we have a hibiscus ale, uh, we have a Mexican lager, an American craft lager, and then we only have one flagship IPA, and it's a cold IPA, which is also like a hybrid ale lager. <laughs> so um, so those are our core beers, and then we just rotate through. We've got uh, five other lines and then a nitro line, so a total of 11 draft lines, um, and you'll come in and see probably at least Five or six of those beers will be lagers. Is there, what's your day look like? Are you just like cleaning all day? Are you bossing people around all day? Like what, is, what do you get up in the morning and go do? Oh man, it honestly depends on the week. Um, my favorite weeks obviously are like coming in and brewing, um, getting to be on the brew deck, doing like what ultimately is like <laughs> the love of my life brewing. Yeah. Um, well, the love of my work life. I have other <laughs> outdoor loves, my dog, my husband. But but yeah, the, the thing that gets me up is when I get to go brew. Um, but a lot of it also is, you know, dealing with the federal government on label approvals, dealing with the state on label approvals, licensing, planning weeks out, talking to distributors. So it's 
It's a lot of beer administration. Beer, yeah, beer admin, and then like a little bit that of beer horrible. manufacturing. Yeah. yeah, but necessary. Beer admin. But I do horrible. like the idea of a brew deck. This is now the podcast deck. I think we should refer to. This I love that. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I do like What's that. The idea. brew deck look like over there. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, stickers. So no, not a lot of stickers. Okay. It's still like pretty clean. Um, the restaurant cleanliness itself, is everything. Oh, isn't it? cl- yeah, you have to have such a clean brew house. Um, the restaurant itself is like stickered up, but we have not started to like tag the brew deck with stickers. Uh, but the system over there is pretty automated. Um, I'm very lucky and spoiled to have such an automated system. So. Robots. Meaning, yeah, meaning what? Robots cleaning. Uh, robots so, cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Ro- <laughs> I wish robots cleaning. <laughs> I do still have to clean, unfortunately. Um, but no, I it basically it's a fully touchscreen computer. Um, oh, automated. Okay. Yeah, like pretty okay. automated. Um, we've got uh, air actuated mechanisms that open and close valves. So the majority of the time that you're brewing, you don't actually have to manually open or close any valves. There's like one step where I have to actually open two valves. So other than so that- when you do your first AI beer, you let me know. I want to try that one. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you do that? Can you just type into, I'm sure you can, into, into an AI- If you can't yet, you will probably oh, well, like, someday. Like, now I know what I'm doing. ingredients for a blah, blah, blah beer and then brew it, Jackie, and then see if it turns out. Yeah. I, well, now we know what we're doing tomorrow. So yeah, just text, <laughs> you guys text me some words. Okay. Like what, what are keywords? Um, what style do we want it to be? Uh, and then I will look the recipe over and tell I you if it's garbage. A, a <laughs> Buffalo IPA. Let's see what it turn, what the hell is that? All I think about right now is nog. So I'll be honest. I need some essence of nog. That's, That's a good, pretty much a good time of year about. for that. I yeah. granted we're down to six mm. days of it, so it's going to have to be quick, but mm. yeah. I'm a big fan of the nog. I can't turn around a nog beer. I can't turn around a beer in six days, sadly. What, what but, is, what's turnaround on beer? Uh, if you are not using, there are some additives that will break down some precursors to some bad flavors, um, but if you're just full-on brewing regularly, uh, 10 days is going to be like your absolute minimum mm-hmm. for an ale. Um, lagers. I love to see a six-week logger. That's my kind of minimum. If you can do it, six weeks for a logger. Wow, that's so a long time. It's a long time. That's why you you don't see a lot of breweries that are logger focused especially in production, because you tie up that tank, you can't touch it for a month and a half. I mean, that's... So you need a lot of tanks? Yes, you need a lot of tanks. Um, Mexican lagers are a little bit of a younger lager, more of a keller beer, if you will, a young lager. So they don't tie up the tank as long, uh, which is why that, you know, our three beers that we will go to market with is the wheat ale, um, the hibiscus wheat ale, the cultura cerveza. So again, it's kind of a young lager uh, and then our cold IPA. So those will be the three beers that will hit grocery stores in 2024. Yeah, and I'll talk about that because that distribution's everything. You, yes. You gotta be on grocery shelves. Yes. Right now, you're not? We are not. Okay. Um, the canning line that we inherited was designed for a smaller, not production brewery. Um, it's a great canning line, but it's not, you can't keep up with production on that. So we do have a newer canning line that is sitting in the brewery right now and it will be installed January 9th. And we will be canning that entire week. <laughs> that is oh. all we are doing that week. And we will send beer into market at the end of that week. So, so do you already have that agreement then with like a distribu- distributors and stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah. We want this beer in these places. Yeah. Yep. We actually, uh, we currently have, <laughs> we have shelf space at uh, oh. two, two grocery chains that we can't fill right now. Um, but we will. You just go there and stand <laughs> in the middle of the <laughs> I aisles. I just look like, at this it. This is going to be ours. Like, this is ours <laughs> right here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So literally the second that it goes to our distributor, it will be going out to those chains. So you need help on those caning days. Uh, we definitely could use help if you guys oh, want to come down. If anybody wants uh, to come down, yeah. April's done that. She helps yeah. out every yeah. now and again. There's a few down in Salt Lake that she does every now and again. Yeah. Because it's not like it's an everyday thing mm-hmm. but when they need some help. I think she's really good at it. Backup line canner. What's job? What is that job? Um, It would be like probably load off. Like load canning off. load off. I'm a good uh, load offer. Yeah. We've always said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you load off all your responsibilities <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> load off. Uh, I just want to see you try to keep up. <laughs> okay. Uh, very good. Jackie, I mean, you've got the lingo down. And so I just imagine you, um, you know, your first words were like brew this and brew that. And so 
um, you know, by the time you were three years old, you, you fully understood the brewing industry, but seriously, when did you pick up on it? When did you start thinking, this is what I want to do? And how did that happen? Uh, I definitely always loved beer. Um, I always tell in the womb, in the womb, um, I did. So I lived in Germany for a while. My dad was in the army. Um, so I definitely, it's a different culture over there. So pretty um, close to in the womb, basically. It be, yeah. yeah, pretty yeah. close yeah. to in the womb. Um, it is, it's part of the culture and it's unfortunate that it's not as much of part of the culture in, especially in Utah. Um, but kind of throughout the U S beer gardens are so fun. And there, you just like, you, I got to a point in my life where I said, oh, like my guidance counselors failed me. <laughs> you can actually do this as huh. a job. It is actually a career, not a lucrative one, but if you love science, um, if you love creativity, it's the perfect balance of the two. And if you um, appreciate cleanliness. Yes. Yeah. If you are a stickler for rules and <laughs> cleaning and I mean, SOPs, like standard operating procedures, we get to write all those out and I love rules. So, 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 cause this is an arts podcast, science and art, science and creativity. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I mean, it's so great because you have to be creative. Um, yes, there are, you know, certain rules that you have to follow as far as beer, make sure it ferments, but there is such a creative aspect to brewing. I actually have a flavor thesaurus on my desk. Of so, course, of course. Right? Yeah. So like what, what flavors actually go together? If you're throwing things in beer, is this going to taste good? So the creative the creativity behind it is huge. And then, I mean, art, you think about label design, just the whole beer industry is pretty artist centric. Yeah. So who are you? Um, what's the best way to word? Uh, who are you drinking right now? Like who are you? Wait, oh, who's yeah. your mentor? <laughs> think, think about think about that while uh, I while I let's crack this. This will be the true. Okay, you got it. Yeah, ready. Oh, that's Ooh. pretty good. It had a good right before. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Okay. So um, I know I know mentors have probably been important to you. Yeah. So mentors like obviously Steve Kirkland at Roosters, um, and then I was, I've kind of like gotten dialed in in my career and figured out where I want my career trajectory to go and like the beers that I really want to make and focus on. Kevin Templin has been great. Colby. So Kevin Templin, TF Brewing, um, Colby Frazier at Fisher. Those guys, I'm, I always say this, they probably are so annoyed at the amount of times I text them <laughs> with questions about like, well, what's your process on this? What do you think about this? But I actually, I got my first text from Colby about process the other day and that was so for me that was a, a big yeah. thing so when the student becomes the teacher when the student becomes the teacher yeah. yeah but that that's a good reminder i did um i did my um what's the word when you when you do time i feel like i kind of did my time i Jail, worked at slackwater for a long time right? <laughs> so i worked at slackwater for a long time that wow. was, that's where we met and <laughs> I, did your time. I worked there for quite some time and uh and I do know the community of brewers and, well, let's just be honest, even just brew pubs, restaurants, all of that is very tight. Mm. And that hasn't changed, has it? No, nope. And I think it's gotten even tighter. Um, I think with podcasts, social media, all that, it's a lot easier to reach out to people. And, you know, even if you if you don't have a contact forum, like you hate to say it, but like DM somebody on Instagram, if you have a question, it's like, hey, this is who I am what do you think about this? So, and it, I mean, that goes outside of Utah too. I have friends that I talk to in Portland, uh, in California, uh, in Seattle about, again, like brewing processes and it's, it's, you know, social media. It's now I know how much you stuff, enjoyed so. traveling before. Are you still able to do any of that or is that less now because of the new job? Um, this past year, 2023 was a little difficult. I still got out on a few river trips, um, but that was more, we had an aging dog. So it was more related to an aging dog um, than work schedule. But uh, 2024 is shaping up pretty nicely. So uh, have one guaranteed river permit because I had a rollover, got a cancellation, or well, I had a fire rollover from last year. So so I have one guaranteed river permit. Like you're all being jealous. Where are you going? Oh, wait, uh, wait, we didn't roll your boat over. No, you, didn't roll. No, okay. different kind of roll. <laughs> different kind of roll. The yeah, Forest okay. Service rolled my permit date okay. over from All 2023 right. to 24 because they said I could not launch. Um, but I'm doing the main salmon in August, so that is a guarantee. In August. In August. In the, yeah. What is that? Late runoff. What's the, what is this? So last year it would have been per well this year I guess. Now I'm already in 2024 mm -hmm. mindset. Mm -hmm. 
2023, it would have been perfect because we had such a great water year. Yeah. So um, you will actually see me dancing in my street for snow. Um, mm. I'm like praying to Uller and everyone saying, give us snow. For because, August, you're thinking. Okay. Yeah, because snow <laughs> means that we have good runoff, which means we have good rivers. So, And your favorite river is? Oh, man. So the like the most amazing life-changing river is definitely like the Grand Canyon section of the Colorado. I think everybody says that. Um, but my favorite river, just because it holds a special place in my heart, is Desolation Canyon on that section on the green. So did you get married on the river? I did not. Um my parents wouldn't let me. They were I tried. <laughs> um I got yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah. They thought that my extended family would not appreciate that. Oh. Um, I did have one of, one of my best friends did get married um at the takeout to the Desolation Canyon section, though. So I got to be there, got to experience that, which was really cool. I was just trying to figure out what, why it was so, why that section was so oh, meaningful to you. My father-in-law was a river ranger on that section for 19 or 20 years, oh, wow. um, and we still have what we call the ranger text chain. So it's all a bunch of ex-Desolation river rangers. So I love it. Yeah, so I was a volunteer ranger for many years on that section. So was was your husband into uh, into the river running the the, the floating uh, before? Or, oh yeah. Or is that how you met? Oh, uh, that is. Yep, that's how I met. How we met, pretty much. How do you do that um, on, on a raft to raft? You just like wave. You know, like, yeah, hey, like, I'll, I'll see you at the takeout. Your <laughs> eyes meet. Yeah. Your eyes meet. <laughs> your eyes meet, and you're like, I think I like you. <laughs> he uh, threw you a beer, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. I was sold. Game Give over. me a beer. Yeah. 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 There's your ticket, Todd. You start tossing beers on the river. Oh, exactly. So okay. um. So he like grew up on rivers, uh, like literally, I think he did his first river when he was four, three oh, or four. Wow. Uh, he did the San Juan. He has stories about it. Um, but when I moved back to Utah, our friend groups like were kind of connected. So I went on a river trip with him. I think the first summer I moved back um, and we like hung out for a bit, disconnected and then like were inseparable after a few more river trips. So. Well, it's got to be nice to to not only have that same passion that you you know love for that on on the riverside, but also uh, the the extensive history, so that you guys have the same amount of, um, I guess, uh, professionalism on the river. You know, like the experience on the river that you can just go do these things together, and yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, we both take river rafting very seriously, but it's I mean, it is our absolute favorite pastime, and he like getting to see Connor row the Grand Canyon was pr like the highlight of probably my life because he's wanted to do it for so long. And he had really amazing runs. Um, my run's not so great, but we kept the boat upright. So, so, <laughs> so were you on the same boat? Yeah, we were on the okay. same boat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just take turns. Yeah. Just rowing. take turns, okay. fight over who gets to row the big ones. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, wow, that's wild. He's a stud on the water. Yeah. <laughs> that's what i've heard he's a stud he's a stud I, I on the water the, on the water bar yeah. <laughs> oh you're just gonna leave it at just that like he's <laughs> a stud. True yeah. Too. Yeah. i'll give you that for oh. sure. okay so so jackie you've been um at obc for a year when you walked in were you overwhelmed or did you know exactly what you wanted to do um i knew exactly what i wanted to do but i was overwhelmed it was kind of i mean it was a big step up for me i had been r&d brewing and, you know, you have some responsibility there, but you're not like you're not over everything. You're not the end all be all of beer <laughs> for that yeah. company. So coming into this, uh, especially like a fledgling company, a new company, we did take over a space that was already built out. So that was nice that I didn't have to wait for tanks to come in or anything like that. Uh, but but just kind of planning out what 2024 and t like 2023 to 2024 looked like was very it was <laughs> like really overwhelming to start off with and it i think there were a a few moments of imposter syndrome there kind of taking effect mm -hmm. and you know do i actually know what i'm doing and then you know after about month three i realized no i know this industry like i know everybody here i know what people in utah want and then you know just kind of building up my confidence and realizing that i do i got this i know what i'm doing <laughs> so now, when you when you worked with your previous employer, did you did you take the time? I thought I think you guys went and like worked. Can't you like work with other brewers? Too? Like, didn't you go like 
collaborate with other brewers and see what they were doing. So you had experience because Steve's amazing. He's been at Roosters yeah. forever, but you do need to get reach outside of the place where you brew all the time yeah. and see what other people are doing rather than just messaging them on, on Instagram. I just didn't know if you had a chance to go work with other brewers. During yeah. Time. Yeah. But we had done some collaborations when I was at Roosters. Um, and then on top of that, I had taken a few different brewing courses. Mm. Um, I had taken some courses with Siebel Institute out of Chicago. And then the Brewers Association actually started a mentorship program and that was amazing because my mentors were some of like the biggest names in beer. So uh, like head brewer at Allagash, head brewer at New Belgium. Like it was, it was pretty rad. That's a good point. I didn't know. So, so you can, you don't need school. Like you don't need a degree to go brew, right? Do you, but it helps to take like courses. Like, yeah. Or? And you, you don't, you do when you don't, it's very helpful now, especially like if you are getting out of high school and like thinking of what you want to do. There are a ton of schools now that offer offer fermentation science as either a degree or as a minor or at least classes in it. And I think fermentation science is great. So if you're like, if you are just starting off, go to college, get a degree, go to one of the trade schools and get a brewing degree. Or it like, if you have the gumption if you if you have the dedication then just you know stick your foot in the door and say i want to work on your canning line and i eventually want to be on the brew deck um so what you're saying is because the the joke is already there you just got it so i drink a lot of beer in college that means i'm qualified is not the answer right? <laughs> sadly so, yeah. sadly it is not okay um, but how much did you really did you read the label did you get to <laughs> yeah. know the, and how much process science yeah, exactly. was involved in how much you drank? Because what you're saying is there's a lot of science. You're used, you use the fermentation, whatever. I, I don't even know. Like you lost, you lose. Yes. You know? So so you have to understand that stuff because it's huge and it is a very precise industry. Um, and it and it's very it's hardworking and cleanliness. Do we keep coming back? To yeah, that? But I know it's a lot of cleaning. Yeah, it's a lot of cleaning with dangerous chemicals too. Okay, so you've been doing this for a long time. I'm just gonna say it because this is a fun. This maybe be a fun story. Maybe it won't be for you. Um, <laughs> I want to hear about like a your favorite like um, brewing like fuck up. I just want to say. Oh like, man. Like, yeah. How do, how do you do you that? can you can oh, lose a lot of um what's the word uh, ingredients? Yeah. In in a bad. In a bad. Batch. Oh no! You totally um. I've had to dump beer before. Like I flat out, I've had to dump an entire batch of beer before. Um, fortunately not at my current job, but there are so many things that can go wrong and it can be like, it can a thousand percent be your fault. Maybe you didn't clean something enough. So um, not bad hops. It's no, perfect. nope. It, like it's, it can be user error. Maybe like your SOPs weren't there. Your tank wasn't clean enough. Um, you overstressed the yeast. Yeast is a living thing. If you try and pitch it when it's too old, it does weird things or simple things. Though, like the one time I'm thinking of is we had a sensor go out on a tank and you normally cool things. You have to keep things at a happy temperature. Um, when beer ferments, it creates heat. So we have glycol that surrounds those fermenters you see and it keeps everything where you want it. Well, if that sensor fails and your beer gets really, really hot, uh, it tastes like green apples or Band-Aid or a weird no. com like weird combo of both. flavored beer. Yeah. Man. Um, and, no <laughs> and nobody wants that. So as a brewer, like you have to, we drink, we don't drink, we sample a lot of warm, young beer. And everyone's like, oh, it's so cool. You get to drink on the job. Uh, we drink gross beer. It's nothing that anybody would Uncarbonated want. Uncarbonated. Yeah. And, warm, you know, warm, like semi-sweet throughout the mm -hmm. fermentation stages. Um, but you can catch it like as soon as you taste that or, you know, if you, we saw this beer, it was during summer. It went to 90 degrees. It tasted like green apples and band-aids. It was Ugh. awful. I'll be um, honest. I'm craving a little band-aid beer <laughs> You want right some band-aid beer? <laughs> That's like green apple this time of the year is also sounds yeah. kind of good. Uh, yeah. yeah. But we're talking like a sip probably yeah. and not the sheer volume that is produced in one of those. But you're not like you won't be a good brewer if you aren't afraid to dump a batch of beer. Mm. Yes. Like it's awful because it's money it's labor but there's no way you can put that out like well, how do you try new things because like you know you're you don't you're not at home you don't have this little brewery and, yeah. and also i heard it it's really hard to upsize in other words if you if you do a small batch the, it's not a one-to-one -one on the is yeah. that right too so then how do you test and then, then how do you turn that test batch into okay this is because man 
I know in my life, you know, it's like, especially like with cooking or anything, it takes a long time to get it just right. So yeah. How do you do that? It definitely does. Um, the stage that I'm at now in my career, I, like you can, you kind of pick up on how to write recipes. You know, what is, what ingredients are going to make something this color? What ingredient is going to do this? And for us, like this beer, the beer that we're drinking now was never the same beer for the first seven months. Um, it, so, you know, you're writing, writing a recipe that you think will work and then it's subtle tweaks. Okay. Well, like I don't love the quality of this Pilsner malt or should we add this to it? I didn't hit my pH. Do you I need to do this. people who know this that they can tell? Do they, they're like, Hey, this beer tastes different. Um, I think there definitely are people out there. Um, I think that we have some trained palates for sure. The, this beer, most of the changes were subtle enough. It was just basically changing the company that supplied the Pilsner malt. Um, we added a different malt in there that's a little bit lighter. It's called a Heidelberg malt. Um, so we added that and Pilsner malt to this and then just basically changed the amount of hops until we got it dialed to what we wanted. So, and I think that's kind of what it is. It's all on this scale of things. You have to, you have to know what's going to make a good beer or a drinkable beer at least, and then just dialing it in on every recipe. And don't like, don't be afraid to change recipes. If you're getting feedback that, Hey, like this is too bitter. I'm all about, uh, <laughs> I really am all about awards and competitions too. So even in our first year, uh, we sent beers to great American beer fest, um, up to the international beer and cider awards and just like, consuming those notes and going over all of it and talking to my friends about, hey, this is the beer. These are the notes. What do you guys think would make this beer better? So it's kind of what we've done with the shows a little bit. You know, if we get comments that it's gotten too bitter, <laughs> which <laughs> let's be honest, we bitter. both get kind of bitter. Uh, like you, you, uh, you do something for a long time. Uh, yeah. You want to try to keep it fresh. Bitter and so AF. notes are <laughs> important yeah. to us, yeah. but also change is important to us yeah. as well. So yeah. we do yeah. that every now and again. Oh. I okay, think we so need to looking, be more bitter. I think bring back a little, bring yeah. back some of the bitterness. I think it's time maybe to bring back a little bit more yeah, bitterness. Yeah. Okay, so looking back at uh, 2023 because we're getting close to the end of the year, your favorite uh, uh, proprietary beer, obviously from where you work, and then just your favorite beer of the year outside of that. Ooh, ooh, good question. Oh man, yeah. favorite proprietary beer. Again, we talk about all like subtle changes, everything. Um, I have two. Well, they're both kind of the same. So favorite beer that is entirely ours, um, 1851, which is our American craft lager. Also the year Ogden is founded, in case anybody has questions about that. But we we kept changing up the malt and the hops on that. And I think it's really dialed in really, really good. And then my favorite beer of 2023 in general, just because I am like, I'm all lager heavy. Uh, we did a collab with Fisher Brewing. Oh, nice. Um, and it was called Meanwhile in Ogden, because I think sometimes the Salt Lake folks mm. forget about what happens up here. Um, and that, Well, what happens up here stays up here. Yeah. So don't come name. to Ogden. I like that name. It's so great. Um, <laughs> but that beer was so Meanwhile good. So um, is that just a one batch or one I, off? Or? It was, but okay. in 2023, it is. we have permission from Fisher to can it. So mm. that will be a canned collaboration releasing sometime in the spring is that so. in your in your barrels over oh, barrels yeah yep so we brewed we brewed the first and only batch that we did um up in ogden and it was it was so good everybody from fisher had such a fun time doing it and that like that was the beer that i craved when i was mm. like oh i just i want a meanwhile in ogden so for me that like that tells me i love that name yeah it's so good how what makes a good beer so this is like like i watch the dog shows all these dogs look great to me. I don't know. One of them wins. I don't know how they figured this out. There's some uglies. There's, there's, <laughs> there's some, well, there's some different nice types place. of breeds. Okay. You might not be in love with those breeds, but they, but there's like, there's some different kinds of beers that maybe some people like and some people don't like, but when you go and you send these to the, to the well, it's festivals, I don't know what they're called. Yeah. The, the competitions. The competitions. Yeah. Like, you know, these people with the right palates to taste, what are they looking for? And then how, like, how, what makes a good beer? So like, it's, it's kind of exactly what you were saying. It's like a double-edged sword, right? So like at its core, a good beer for a brewery is going to be one that is drinkable and is a workhorse and sells like hotcakes. Mm. Like that is what you want as a brewery because it will build or break your brewery. So you need a good beer that people like. Like um, maybe uh, like Sierra Nevada that has like one beer that does 99% of the lift. Yeah, for I mean, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Like you ask anybody about Sierra Nevada, I would bet 
90% of people are going to be like, oh yeah, pale ale. And they're not going to, yeah, they don't know anything else. Yeah. Okay. Um, So you need that beer. Now, like talking about competitions, it's exactly like a dog show. It is a set of standards that is, I mean, it's, I think 120 categories, maybe 190 categories, 120, I think for uh, GABF. And each one has stylistic guidelines from color, bitterness, alcohol, what it should taste like, carbonation, how clear it is. So it exactly is, you know, set standards. How well does your beer fit into this set standard? So again, like competitions are cool. I like, I want that recognition from my peers in the industry. Um, I want somebody to be like, yes, you are making good beer. That is stylistically correct. But I mean, metals don't pay your bills. So, <laughs> but do metals help sell more beer? Uh, they do. Okay. So they definitely do. Um, unless you find that, like that golden horse, um, like the Sierra Nevada pale ale. Mm-hmm. If you find that one beer that just resonates with people and really hits it hard, you don't need any metals. But I, d- I do think that metals help sell beer. So. Well, it helps sell podcasts. Yeah. Tell you. Well, you Damn guys are <laughs> you're the most award winning podcasters I know. <laughs> Damn straight we are. Damn oh straight gosh. we are. I like the sound of that. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Plus, I'm sure just like the dog show too, it comes down to who's judging that category mm-hmm. that year. Well, and, I didn't want to bring politics into it, but let's bring politics into it. That's because I think the same thing in the dog show. I'm like, how in the hell? There's no way. How did Biffy, whatever, win again, you know? So, so as you know, how, how do the tasters avoid the favoritism and all that of, or, or is there just no way you just got to trust the judges and stuff? So everything is done blind. Um, I've judged okay, beer before. Um, I have, I actually have everything in to judge at GABF. So hopefully that'll happen in the next few years, but everything is done entirely blind. And the only notes you get are if it is a beer that has ingredients or like sub styles and it somebody will tell you it's this beer with this mm. and like maybe you'll get this as the intention but so does it matter what order so if there's five beers you want to be last like what like where do you um want to be? if you if you're in an ipa which all like still we're talking about beer trends too ipas are still the number one category of beer uh in all of your competitions number one entered beer like largest category if you're in there as an IPA, I would say you want to be one through maybe even three. Like you want to be in the very beginning uh, because as great of a judge as you are, all of those hops and all the bitterness is going to eventually blow out your palate. Mm. So unless there are like obvious defects in the beer, if you make a good beer um, and you're at the end of the line with other people that made a good beer, mm you're probably not going to get pushed through. What do, you, do you use ginger? Like, what do you use to cleanse the palate in between beers? Um, So, <laughs> crackers, water, and then your own, like, your own scent. So, when you're judging, you can't wear... I just smell myself. Yeah. No, you really do. You smell yourself. So, you shouldn't have, any, like, absolutely no perfume, no scented no. lotion. Um, Even you want to, like, not have some crazy smelling deodorant. As a female, you want no makeup on whatsoever because cosmetics also have smells um, and scents to it. So, like, it's it's this super serious. Yeah. It's crazy. A Beer room, judging. A room super. full of stinky judges. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And we're a bunch of brewers. So, like, we probably were used to being, like, really sweaty, too. So, yeah. it's, yeah. It can be a little oh, interesting. A, see? This I don't is know if I want to be in that see. room, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would submit, but okay. What is uh, your dream beer to brew? Because oh, you, you had the pink boots thing. Yeah. Right? And you can talk about that too. Oh man. So actually my dream beer to brew in 2024 is going to be the pink boots beer. So we're brewing it at Ogden Beer Company. And to our knowledge and to uh, Pink Boots Society Nationals knowledge, uh, we will be submitting the first pink boots beer to World Beer Cup. Whoa. So... First chapter brew, yeah. I should say. So the Utah chapter brew is happening in February, and we will be submitting that beer to World Beer Cup. Um, it'll release March 8th, which is uh, International Women's Day. And the next week, that beer is getting sent to Los- actually to Colorado to be judged, and World Beer Cup awards are in Vegas the next month. So, I mean, it's pretty big. So that is the like the dream brew. Do you know what kind of brew it's going to be? Yes. Okay. Um, not allowed to tell. No, I, I can. I can tell you. Okay. It's also. It's a very long-winded 
Uh, so it is an American Belgio style beer, which is basically just a Belgian style with American hops. Um, and then it is a subcategory of a session style Belgian blonde. So it'll be perfect. Do you get that? You get, yeah, I got it. I know. That's, that's what I I'm saying. I recognize saying. most of that. <laughs> yeah. I recognize most of that. Yeah. I Belgian beer blondes, for a long time. It's it's a, I yeah, Belgian blonde with American hops is like the yeah. easiest way to say it. Okay. Um, but it'll be nice. It'll be perfect for spring just as an easy drinking, kind of a little bit clovey, not too bubblegummy, but nice, light, easy Where do you buy beer. your hops? Uh, we buy our hops from a lot of different manufacturers. Um, s- most of ours come from the Pacific Northwest and Idaho. Mm-hmm. So kind of local. Okay. Yeah. Does it matter where you, or do they, does it taste, you know, the water changes the flavor of the hops? Like what, does it matter? Can you tell it like, totally these are Idaho does. hops? So Cascade is one of my favorites, uh, just as like a comparison because Cascades are super common. They're using a bunch of pale ales, mm-hmm. IPAs. Um, you can even use them in hoppy lagers, but traditionally grown Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you grow them in Michigan, they take on like this pineapple flavor, which is super nice. And then they also pineapple in Michigan. Right? Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. But it's the soil, soil, oh. water, everything. Uh, then you grow those hops, same cascade hops, same genetically, like exactly the same genetically as Pacific Northwest in New Zealand. And they taste like Sprite. It's like lemon lime. It's crazy. So. You what? So let's pr- let's put you in a room with a bunch of brewers. Okay? <laughs> and what what in the hell do you guys talk about? Like, because oh I feel like you know so much. It's so boring. Like, what's the what's the tea right now? Like, what's the common thread now that you're talking? Because you you mentioned there's been a shift sort of in the industry. So when you guys get together, what are you are you talking about? Distributing- do you talk about what's trending? See, I'm interested yeah. in what's yeah. trending because I remember tw- this would have been 2015 ish was my height of my Slackwater days, 2016 something like that. You know. And it was uh, like, oh, the beers, they just were so complicated. They were so complicated to describe. They were so complex when you tried to taste one. If you didn't immediately just spit it out, um, if you didn't know what you were drinking, you know, it was, it was for beer drinkers. It seems like there were so many beers that were for, for the, 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 this level of beer drinking. And it wasn't just for your every, every man drinking, you know? And so I love that you're throwing around lagers and, and some of these ones that are just enjoyable to drink without being mm-hmm. overly complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm not setting up the answer by any means, but I'm curious where we're at because it seemed like there was a long spell where the beers were very complicated. And I, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but it sure felt like, that. Oh no, it totally is. I, yeah. When you like lactose milkshake, sour IPA barrel aged, adjunct stout all this stuff i mean there were there was it was time. not easy to sell beer yeah. slack yeah. Oh my what God. You yeah yeah and super expensive too and now um it is it's the light easy drinking we talk about trends all the time as brewers uh we talk about if anybody has had like a new process change they're like oh my gosh i tried this or mm-hmm. have you tried this yeast there are new yeast strains coming out so it is it gets really nerdy but it's fun. I'm glad that you're able to do that with your. But there's some good like brewer jokes, the inside jokes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Always... The so like the funniest, <laughs> the funniest brewer jokes are like, <laughs> how do you make a million dollars in a bre- with starting a brewery? Okay, how? Start with two million. <laughs> so, oh! <laughs> like, so that's kind of <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's like so... podcasting. That's <laughs> wonderful. I love that. So those oh, are no. that's kind of. Just okay. like those. Well, there's a lot of fresh brewers that are like, oh, shit, that is, <laughs> well, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then how do you um, actually get footing and how do you get distribution and, and grow? Because um, so there's three, four, four brewers in Ogden. Yeah. Um, and then so, you know, what would be the steps necessary, I guess, if one wanted to be like nationally known or something? Uh, I think at like at this stage to be nationally recognized, it definitely is. It's the quality of your beer. And to a certain extent, it's the awards that you're winning. TF is the perfect example. Those guys down there, guys and gals made like four or five national news accounts basically this year. And it's all because of awards. They had a an almost perfect score on one of their beers and craft beer and brewing. So it is, it's just like making really, really clean beer 
and then sending it out to the people that write about beer uh, for national recognition. Uh, and then or they say we had an almost perfect score and yeah. everybody buys their beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it feeds back. Um, and it's crazy. You'll see people fly into Salt Lake and they'll be like, had to stop at TF. The mm-hmm. like. So, so part of it is that, or again, just like finding that amazing beer, like finding that beer that can go national. Uh, and I think you do, when you're talking about that, you just have to pick a beer and kind of put your whole brand behind it. And we've seen that beer industry. You've seen like uh, Howdy Beer, which is the Western Pilsner, Heidelberg Beer up out of Seattle. Like there are, there are people that are really pushing single brands, trying to make like a national name of it so i know because i'm behind todd i'm with you like i'm about four years behind the, the beer trends or whatever but when i when when the hottest beer at the time for a few years was was melvin right mm-hmm. they were doing everything right and then uh so who's who's trending in that direction now is it tf or is it like um, is it somebody because they're out of melvin was out of jackson but yeah. who, who in the west is trending pretty hot right now um, well, I think like TF does besides, great. Besides you. Because, yeah, obviously, obviously. Ogden Beer Company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I definitely think TF is, they make amazing lagers, um, really good IPAs. Um, but Roadhouse, up out yeah. of Jackson, bought out Melvin. Um, and Roadhouse has been doing a bunch of collabs. They've been doing really, really great with IPAs. But it seems like most of the the popular IPAs are coming out of Denver again, which unfortunately we can't get here. Um, we can get Melvin beer. We can get Roadhouse beer. They're both fantastic. Um, but there's why, a- Why can't we get Denver beer? Well, we can't buy Denver beer in Utah, I should say. Like beer breweries in Denver in Utah. So it's very- But we can buy Jackson beer? Yeah, because for whatever reason, Roadhouse and Melvin distributes to Utah- but all these little breweries in Denver that are putting out like these killer IPAs, I knew there was can't a, get. There was tension between Utah and Colorado. I know. Yeah, it's proven. It's the snow. It's They're the snow. jealous yeah. of our snow. I, it's got to be true. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and we're jealous of their weed. It's a trade. So, That's a trade. So they're holding out all their beer. They're like, well, screw it. We're going to hold our beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. They're holding their beer hostage. That's funny. All right. So well. basically what she's saying is that the way to land a successful beer is to buy a successful beer company. Mm. Yes. That's it. That is already Good job, Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> no, I think I mean it's still doable, just you know, attention to detail and like pushing out quality really product. Quality product. Quality yeah. Products. See, I love that. Quality podcast, was, quality yeah, product. We're gonna buy a yeah. quality, we're gonna buy a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we already did. We absorbed all the good shows in town. Yeah. Oh shit. All right, Jack. I could t- I, I bet you could talk brewing forever too. It's but, boring. Um, I apologize. Yes. Well, anything else that we miss? Well, we'll bring you back on another episode to talk yeah, at uh, least liquor like laws. Next week, even. You know, I would love to have a good uh, refresher on liquor laws. That would be a great show. We have a lot of changes that have happened too, so Especially, you, I was getting excited about up? Olympics coming up, and I know that's down the lines, but the amount of change that happened for us in 2002, I foresee the possibility of change when that we get closer to that time. Yeah, well, I mean, look at NBA All-Star Weekend, pop-up liquor stores. That, that, is that happened really, just for that, so. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, we have things happening, good things, it'll happen. We'll chat about that later. Thanks, Jackie, so yeah. much, and, and uh, congrats. Uh, yeah, congrats on the new yeah, job. It's a big deal. Yeah. One year is like a, that's a great mark. I made it. I made it to yeah. a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It means you're, you're that much harder to replace. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, when I hit a year and it was just a few months ago, I hit yeah. a year with my yeah. job and I'm like, all right, good luck replacing uh, this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you can't replace Todd after a year. Yeah. You know how much uh, effort goes into that first year of a new employee, especially if it's like a leadership type position. You got to learn all the things. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's why all my passwords are mine. They, yeah. they can't get to them, right? Like, <laughs> Brandon knows something about that. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, uh, how do we how do we support you, Jackie, and everything that you do? Just buy the beer, right? Yeah, yeah buy the beer. Um, hit up the location. Uh, we're on three fifty eight Park Boulevard. It's gorgeous. Um, you, you know what? Nothing else around there is open anymore. You just yeah. go right to the beer company. <laughs> just go to the beer company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just hit us up. Um, our patio is open year round. So if you are willing to bundle up on a warm day, you can have your dogs out on the patio. Follow us on social media. It's Ogden Beer Company on instagram and ogden beer company on facebook 
Uh, and then is there a good pairing we should ask for when we go in there? Ooh, yeah. So we just released this. Uh, it's a red cerveza. Mm. Um, so it's not sweet. It has no caramel malt in it. So it's not going to be like that caramely roasty. Uh, it's just it's like it tastes like uh, bread crust is the best way to describe mm. it. So think of like a Mexican lager with the hint of bread crust in it. And then it's red in color. Okay. Um, so it's pretty cool. But I think that paired with almost anything on the menu especially like the turkey bacon avocado sandwich because that's my favorite um it's fantastic okay there you go now you know where to go and what to get yeah (laughs) you guys kill me that description was brilliant (laughs) bread crust and it's probably spot on but it's just those (laughs) descriptions i'm like Come on. But then uh, you have your first sip and you're, you're like, You're going to go in there to taste yeah. it and be like, you're like half in bread crush. She, <laughs> she was totally right. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, uh, Todd, do you have arts news at all? Uh, quick reminder, my uh, gallery down in Salt Lake City, uh, Finch Lane Gallery, the current exhibition it's Todd's is- gallery, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that I direct. And uh, uh, there's a current show, um, it's called- uh, Oh, I can't remember the full name of it. It's my There's favorite part when called... Todd can't remember the name of <laughs> Oaxaca show that's in, in Utah. Okay. Oaxaca? Oaxaca. That's a location Oaxaca. in Mexico. Oaxaca. Right. So Oaxaca in Utah has put together this amazing show showing these eight regions of Oaxaca. And so it has been going on for two and two weeks and a couple of weeks. Um, two weeks and a couple of days, I should say. And so that goes through January 5th. And it makes so... sense two weeks and a couple of weeks, but two weeks and a couple of days. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Words. <laughs> I know. Some, some days that come, you know. And so the first Friday of January, I believe, is January 5th. Does that sound right? Or 3rd, 4th? Anyway, first Friday of January is the final show. I, so think, it's, I think it's the 4th. Come check. I say come check that out. Try to split your night between Hawked and Van Sessions <laughs> and Salt Lake City. Yeah, you might. Ba- are you Gallery. planning to bail on Van Sessions? I might have to okay. on this one because I, I missed the opening on that. But uh, do come check it out. Otherwise, it's it's a little quiet right now because of these next couple of weeks. So this, weird. I there's mean, a holiday, holiday coming up. Or two. Yeah. Okay. I believe it's six days out, and okay. so that's okay. mostly what the focus is. Okay. Well, very good. Um, let me get you the snow report. Well, you know, everybody knows there's it hasn't snowed a whole hell of a lot recently, but uh, um, Nordic is open, so that's good. Nordic opened. They're sitting at a twenty inch base which is enough to ski on, nice. snowboard on. Um, Powder Mountain's at a 31-inch base. And they, again, none of these resorts have had anything in the last 48 hours. So there's that. Let's see. Snowbird is a at 38-inch base. Solitude, 31. Sundance, 25. Woodward, 16. Woodward's, Woodward has less than, than uh, Nordic, which how about the, that? Nordic's bragging on that one. Cherry Peak, uh, no base. No base. Cherry Peak is not doing well. Brighton, 34. Beaver, 35. Alta, 54. 54 up there at Alta. Yeah. So where's Basin? How did I miss Basin? I'm scrolling. I am scrolling. There we go. 38. 38 at Basin. So so get above the smog. I think go, that's yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Hit the groomers. Give them your, some money. Get some beer. When do you get beer up there? At the places Our like beer that? is at Snow Basin. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. beer on draft at Snow Basin. There so go, go to Snow Basin. Oh, yeah. That's great. Okay. Oh, and so, oh, yeah. The big news um, was that uh, Snow Basin uh, announced the Des Moines Express opened today, which is Tuesday, December 19th, I believe. So the new Des Moines Express is now open. Head over to the base of Strawberry to be part of the opening. Oh, that was today. Never mind. Take a few laps. I hope you had a good time. Hope you had yeah. fun. I saw pictures. I, nice. I mean, they posted some pictures. Brand new high speed six pack. Oh yeah, six pack. Six pack. Uh, which, by the way, the the logoing is. I mean, come on now. And that's a seagull. Not, not a penguin. Not a penguin. <laughs> let's see if we can get. Yeah, seagull. Not a penguin. F and seagulls. F and seagulls. F and seagulls. Uh, let's see. Along with the grand opening came a debut of the new strawberry patio. The patio is a huge upgrade with full food service. And plenty of space to rest your weary legs <laughs> before returning to the slopes. Thanks, Snow Basin. So I'll tell you all about it. Um, right after this show, I'm headed down to Salt Lake to Bravanel Hall to see, do you know, sometimes they pair, I don't know if you've had the chance to see, they pair a movie with the, the live symphony, right? And so I had the 
fortune to see this was several years ago my favorite movie of all time is raiders of the lost ark to sort of see that with the symphony where essentially it would play the the set the score behind it right and it's such a fun way to watch a movie but tonight is a christmas classic of at least for some of us called uh, love actually and so i love that movie I'm, that's such a good one of I my love favorite it. film the one thing yeah. that i am so excited to get back to you uh, next week on is the fact that they are showing a PG-13 version of this movie that we all know very well. And this is a Christmas classic that is very R-rated. So, um, I, so I forgot. I mean, I... I oh, I mean, no, I it is there was, very, it's R-rated. very R-rated. So I know, but meaning like, like I remember there's, if you haven't seen it, there's a scene where, well, there's a couple scenes actually where... Well, the, they, two of the best characters. Yeah, that's how they meet. Yeah, that's their they, little their, meet Their job yeah. is their stand-ins for porn, essentially. Yeah. No, so, for these are for higher class movies, but sex scenes for sure. Because one of them has was, like yeah, stood in for very, Brad Pitt. Very, okay. Yeah. In the show. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So then I'm watching it with like our kids and the scene comes on. I'm all, oh shit, this is not, <laughs> this is not good. Like you got guys, cover, eyes cover. Because I forgot. Because Your kids are like, we've seen this seven <laughs> times. Dad. Well, you guys have watched it this before year. you did. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Because, and then I remember recommending it to some of my LDS friends. And I, for that, I now apologize. Because I do, rem- I'm like, oh my God, there were some very. <laughs> I'm glad you did. R-rated, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the world, people. <laughs> Because I, I remember thinking like, well, there's that one scene where they're like, okay, they're reenacting sex, but how about like, how about, come on. It's like, it's obviously a joke. Cause they're in, you know, they're, they're standing. I just don't know how you're going to PG 13 eyes, those scenes and the you scenes with em. Bill Nye. But then those are the characters are gone from the movie. Well, yeah. man, so that's, I'll that's let you know next line, week. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. 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 Well, cause that's tonight. That's right. Some of my favorite, yeah, hour and a half. And so some of my favorite favorite experiences are tv versions of very r-rated movies right mm. and so looking back there's got to be a club for that so oh yeah oh, plus okay. looking back pre-streaming services sometimes that was the only way we could see these movies yeah. or basically the tv edited versions of them right and yeah. so i remember seeing well, the tv flicks? edited version kind of like a cleaver <laughs> type thing yeah <laughs> of that a uh thing? Oh, it was. Well, it was. Maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. There's always some well, version of it out they there. They didn't get the proper uh, approval from Hollywood to edit films. I think it's oh. called just uh, stealing shit. Yeah. I think yeah. is what that is. But uh, Die Hard 2 TV and where they, they just dub over the words. They don't bleep them out or anything. They just dub over them where instead of whatever they say socks instead of Oh, you got to watch this show. Oh my gosh. I'm looking up a clip of it and we're going to try to share it if we can. Wait, what do you mean? Like, like all shows or just Die Hard 2? Die Hard 2 cleaned up version to show on TV. Okay. Their way of dealing with that was not cutting all of the scenes. It was simply redubbing over the swear words with words that really don't make sense at all to it. Right. So it's almost like Asian dubs kind of, you know, Asian movie, a karate. I guess. Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where it doesn't fit the story and it Uh, deflates everything that, cause they getting really worked up and talking about something and, and what comes out of their mouth is like very, very PG. Right. Yeah. So I need to see that. You ducking balloon monster. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. I'm coming from John McClane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I'll have to tell you about Love Actually next week. So I'll let you know about that. Oh, so it's with the symphony. With the symphony tonight. Yeah. Good luck. It should be fun. fun. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Have fun. Okay. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Well, I guess I should look at the notes here. Take us out. Um, Thank you to Banyan One. That's this awesome 1960 trailer. We're sitting in for powering today's episode of the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show. Listen and subscribe to Ogden Arts and Adventure on YouTube under the same name. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and thebandycollective.com. If you want to be on the show, uh, we take requests, but we also reserve the right to tell you to uh, <laughs> take a hike, I guess. I don't know. We haven't yet, but pretty much everyone just let on. Uh, it's, uh, hit us up on Instagram, at Ogden Adventure. That would be me, at Ogden Adventure, and uh, we'll, we'll invite you on the show. This week's Outdoor Jukebox, Die for a Drink. I don't know, man. I don't know what they were drinking the snarling. Yarns. I don't know what they were smoking the snarling yarns. I don't know what they, I love them. So they, much. Oh my God. They brought all the energy. So this was, 
the new concert series in town, um, Locals Rock, and so they came on Locals Rock, Snarling Yarns, Locals Rock Van Sessions at the Monarch, and this is Die for a Drink, as recorded on the Locals Rock Van Sessions on YouTube. We'll see you on the next Ogden Arts and Adventures show.